Welcome to Dad's class. Welcome to the podcast where I, Devin Pierce, bring you the tools of my toolbox. So whether you're a parent, going to be one, or just adulting, it is my goal to make sure that you are better equipped for the great adventure of life. Welcome to Dad's class. We are live here on Mixer. It is May 13th, 2020. That is... For those catching the replays later on, that is Mixer.com slash Dad's Class. By the way, if you did not know, Mixer is a Microsoft platform, so if you already have a Microsoft account, whether it be for a PC, an Xbox, or to use a webmail system like Outlook or Hotmail, you already have the ability to connect that to a Mixer account. You don't need to open up anything new. It's not attached to anything else. It is an extension of your Microsoft account, if you will. And you simply come over, you sign up, it attaches it to your file, you use the same log information as you would for anywhere else with Microsoft. And then you guys can come in, jump in the chat room with us, have a little chat, say hi, ask questions live, and uh, yeah, laugh at me while I stutter over my words and you can see all the parts that I cut out of this when I edit it. I've gotten pretty good about sticking with my show notes, so it's not so bad, but uh, when we first started this show, it was definitely uh, definitely a sight to behold. For those watching on the YouTube, you guys can see I have a new three-panel divider here. It's not new. My parents had this sitting in their basement. I'm not sure why they had it, but... Uh, I'm using it so that when the spouse would like to go in behind me and access the utility room, she doesn't have to be on camera. And I'm also hoping that it'll help me fine-tune some of the echoness with my background tone audio, but we'll see. For when I'm collecting the... I'm, I'm also pretty sure I'm going to get the other two banners and then I'll have a full set in behind me. Seems like a right place to put it, you know. This past week we've taken a step back and we looked towards ourselves with some self-reflection uh, within our home as a whole. Uh, myself, my spouse, we've assessed some of our goals and the needs of our family. And uh, we started yoga. Um, the fiancé and I at least. I'm getting out and walking around the neighborhood a little bit after dinner. We did that last night. Nice little walk. It's good to get out. It's been nice, the weather, which is great. <laughs> I've also gotten the entirety of the family exploring the MCU uh, with watching the first Captain America. We actually started with Iron Man and then... I use that to, do you want to watch more? Yeah. Well, then we should know the whole story, don't you think? So we watched Captain America, and now we're into the Agent Carter series. And um, I really enjoy a lot of it, but there are certain parts of it that I'm like, hmm. Anyways, that's been part of our winding down time towards the end of our day the past little bit we're just about done uh, season one of that show 
I've also decided that one of my goals here is I'm going to get a new bumper to put in between me telling you guys about my week and moving on to what we did last week. But uh, since last class, we did the bedtime help episode. Um, we're still working uh, to give you a little update on ourselves. We're still working on implementing those strategies within our home for our youngest. It's been challenging. <laughs> it's all well and good to talk about strategies and you know regurgitate the information I've been told over the years, but it's not always as simple to put those things into hand. So if you guys are dealing with bedtime routines for any of your children, reach out, let me know how it's going. Uh, as I said, ours has been putting our, testing our limits on that uh, follow through. I personally, this past week, was streaming video games over at twitch.tv slash crownesso last Friday and Saturday. And those were from 7 p.m. to about 10 p.m. Mountain Daylight Savings Time. I actually ended up cutting Saturday stream short, but uh, I am aiming to do so this week as well. If you're interested, come on by, say hello, or just drop a follow and ignore it like most things on social media you've done over the years. On Tuesday, we released the top five movies to watch with your kids on Netflix for the uh, Canadian edition, at least. And we have, with that same episode, let everybody know that our Jackbox Party Community Night has a date set. It's going to be this Sunday, May 17th, um, 2020. So that's this Sunday, May 17th, 2020, here on the Mixer platform um, from about 5 o'clock at night till about 730 if we have a bunch of people come in and we have more people that want to play, I'm fine with pushing that uh, end time later to get more people in. So as long as there's people that show up and want to play, we'll keep playing. And that's everything we have for last week. You know, I'm not sure why I didn't think to do this episode sooner this year. Because, like, it would have made way more sense, I think. <laughs> but, can only move forward, right? Today we're going to be talking about internet safety and screen time. Which, if you have children at home right now doing homeschooling provided through schools, they are spending a lot of time both in front of screens and with access to the internet. Today I'm going to be resource. Today I'm going to be resourcing. I don't know if that's the right word. <laughs> Today I'm going to be resourcing information from kidshealth.org as well as my local community safety net uh, book, which is actually really cool. Um, just to throw them a little bone here, this book is tailored for a child to go through. Um, being able to read it themselves, so I would say seven and up, probably be a good age for this. I don't remember seeing what they recommend. There is a section in here for parents as well, but most of this is written as though the child is reading it. 
and to try and encourage them to take onus and adapt to the responsibilities of a bunch of different personal safety tips. So expect to see that book come back in the future. As well as we're going to be looking at the Alberta Health Services notes on screen time. Their recommendations for kids and, well, to be honest, if you're eating or drinking anything, take a swallow because I don't want you to choke. So this was clipped right off of the Alberta Healthcare Services website. Um, I found the website a little bit difficult to get the information I was looking for. I found this under setting goals to reduce screen time. However, it talks about the Canadian 24-hour movement guidelines, which I haven't looked into. Sounds interesting. And they are suggesting that for children under the age of two, they should have be avoiding all screen time. Children between the ages of two to four should have a limit of an hour or less a day. And children five to 17, less than two. Hmm. Well, that's not really realistic in today's society, is it? First off, under two with no screen time, have you tried to look at your own phone without a toddler trying to steal it from you? Uh, maybe in the under one category, that's an attainable goal. We did try to limit our youngest, uh, his access to screen time when he was first born. And we made it to about nine months before we just kind of went with whatever. At the time, we weren't overly watching TV anyway, so it was pretty realistic to do that at home. Uh, we just looked at it as though we didn't want to overexpose him to direct television or screen time. Um, we didn't watch TV even as a family if the baby was in the room at that time at our home. But you can't control what people have on or off of their own at other homes when you go to visit, right? Uh, one of the things that did come up in my research about this was the fact that moderation is the key to it. Regardless of where your personal stance is on it, those limits set by AHS in the Alberta 24-hour movement thing, or Canada-wide, is, well, they're unrealistic. Our daughter is in kindergarten. She goes to school and they have a morning routine when schools were open. That involves 15 minutes, approximately, of YouTube videos that they watch as a class to get their day started. Okay. She's in kindergarten, so she's over the five, so she's allowed approximately two hours or less of time in a day, according to that guideline. But then they watch YouTube videos for yoga practice. And book reading. So the whole class can see the book. They play a YouTube video of someone reading the book for them. And put it on the smart display. Those yoga lessons range anything from 6 minutes to 30 minutes. It depends on how in-depth they're doing them. 
but potentially you could have burnt a kid's entire first hour of allotted screen time in kindergarten going to school. My older boy gets daily access to iPads when he was going to school. Right now, my kids spend their entire day in front of a computer being homeschooled via the digital program that's being sent through Google Classroom. So chances are you're not really going to get very far with trying to limit yourself to two hours as like a set hard number. As I said, moderation is key. So from that, we want to look at the type of screen time we're having. If your children are watching educational videos or doing their classes from school, this has the intention of being a positive influence towards our child's growth. So we tend to paint that with a more positive brush. Well, they're learning something. You know, if the amount of screen time your child is getting is something that's kind of bothering you, the first thing you got to do is assess where you're at. Uh, from there, you can make an informed choice about moderating it. It's easy for us to say that our kids are getting way too much screen time, but are they really? Thinking about when your kid gets up in the day, when they end their day, and how much actual time is spent in front of the screen, right? We want these things are all influences towards what they the amount is that they actually are spending and whether or not it needs us to moderate it. This could be done with a slight modification of a behavior tracking chart. A link to a Google document is available in the description of this episode. So you guys can go ahead and check that out. I just kind of threw that together, but it's a good starting point if you want to try and track your children's progress moving forward. If you do take the time, track your kids screen time, and you feel that you need to reduce it, the easiest thing I would suggest with kids being homeschooled right now is to look at their schoolwork and ask, does this need a computer? Or could we do this offline? And then making those substitutions where you see fit. Our kids were given uh, online library resources towards practicing their reading. Well, we have a lot of books. It's just about finding the books that fit into their reading level and applying that as part of their education instead of relying on the digital format and platform. Now, I feel like that is a pretty good summary of screen time exposure. Um, if you guys want me to dig more deeply into that, because we definitely could, or really any subject that we've had on the show, be sure to reach out to me either through the show or directly to myself. Um, and how you can do so is, as always, mentioned at the end of every episode. So if you want to get in touch, be sure to do so. And maybe we'll save that for another show. That was a reference to a podcast I listened to. It's an ongoing thing for them. Internet safety is a pretty big deal, and one that we can instill in our children now, which will help them going forward as adults in this ever-growing technolo tech 
technology-based society. Technologically was the word I was trying to get out. So unless you are fully living an off-the-grid lifestyle at home with no electricity, chances are that you have a multitude of internet-capable devices in your home. Regardless of the age of your children, make note, like right now, make a note to talk to them about it. Talk about internet safety at your next family meeting. We've talked about them. I've told you guys to start doing them. We are very inconsistent with it in our own house, but we try to do some sort of a family meeting on either Sunday night or Monday morning for ourselves. Just to make sure everybody kind of knows what's going on this week. Even if it's a brief, hey, this is happening these days. It's marked on the calendar. If you have any questions, come ask me later. Because life gets in the way. But try to have a sit-down meeting, guys. So when you sit down at this meeting, look at your kids and ask them what they think the internet is and how they think it works. Then together as a team, fill in the blanks or correct misinformation. This is where I would suggest you start this conversation. Also be sure to talk to them about what devices in your home use the internet. We just had to have a conversation in our home with uh, Sauce Cash, our oldest, about how just because his DS says he can download a free demo of a game does not mean that he has permission to play it without us at least looking at it first. As a parent, look at those devices and review their settings for your children's accounts. Some devices do have kid-safe modes. I know Android phones do. It gives them their own little screen and activities to do. But many of these are easy for a kid to get out of, even on an accident. Uh, we had purchased a small secondhand tablet off of a buy-and-sell as an educational kids gaming tablet thing. Mostly just because it came in a rubber case and it would give us something that the youngest one could hang on to and us not worry about it breaking. It was, you know, 20 bucks. However, we found that it was very easy for our youngest child to get out of that and into the main home screen and then not be able to find its way back to the children's side of the activities. If you are looking to get a new device check the reviews and ask questions about such services before you go and spend your money on it. Windows 10 devices and Xbox One series consoles can be controlled by using the Microsoft Family application. You go to Microsoft.com and you can set up a Microsoft Family, add in your kids' email addresses, your spouses, label who's an adult. And we use that for ourselves and the kids, so whether they're using a computer in our house or using the Xbox, they have limits on screen time and what type of content they can access. And I have full control over that right on my computer. I get an email if the kids are wanting to go outside of those time constraints. It's a pretty handy system. But 
even with these features, there are still things that we need to make sure our kids understand. Many websites, as an example, have forms that need personal information for an account. And though the recently passed Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, COPA or whatever, has made it so websites are required to get parental consent, we all know that laws only affect law-abiding people and children can make more than one email account and pretend to be their own parent. So you want to teach your children what personal information is and explain to them at their level of intelligence or age why it shouldn't be shared. A lot of the notes that I was reading to prepare for today's show specifically mentioned using usernames and not your real name or using a fake last name, stuff like this. A name is personal information. I'm not sure why we need to reiterate it separately as something that we should tell our kids not to share. As far as I'm concerned, that is personal information. But, like I said, when you're teaching your kids about all personal information, teach them about their names, too. Cyberbullying and digital predators could easily be its own episode here on the show. Uh, so for today, I'm just going to leave it at coaching your children not to respond to messages that are mean or that make them feel uncomfortable. Be sure to keep open the lines of communication with your children and encourage that by being active in participation of conversations that they have with you about their time spent online. We've talked about this before, you know, the nose with toes thing. Additionally, be sure that your children know not to make plans to meet people in person and if they approach you about wanting to meet someone, again, be open about that. Explain your concerns. And if, you know, after reviewing communications with this person or seeing them on a video chat, whatever you need to make yourself feel more comfortable with the idea, go with them. When you feel safe-ish, go with them to make sure that your children are safe. All that comes to mind when I read these things that we're talking about. People on the internet may not be who they say they are. I just keep thinking about Santa Monica by Savage Garden. From understanding and instilling the basic principles of being safe on the internet, other things that we can do as parents are spend time with our children online to role model good behaviors because everything comes down to what we show our kids time and time again we're always talking about how we are their best role model or their worst keep the use of electronics to common areas of the home so that activity can be monitored i as a child had my computer taken away several times because it was in my room. 
review the apps and permissions that they have on your child's devices regularly. And you should do the same with your own devices, by the way. I had an app that was turning on my microphone and camera when I wasn't using the app. I reported that right quick. Also with that, download and try applications that you're not using that you see on your children's devices to be sure they are safe and then you understand what the app is. If there is some format of a social media aspect where you can follow and um, engage with other users, create an account, follow your kid's account so that you can see who they're interacting with. Some people might not be comfortable with this, but at the very least, create your own account so that you can understand the platform and the types of people on it. Watch your bills and statements for charges outside of the norm. Many devices and service providers have ways for you to limit or create budgets for other users on your account. And if you have to, use those for your kids so that they aren't charging things to your bill. Bookmark your children's favorite sites for quicker and safer access on the PC. Each of your children you create a folder for and they have their favorite websites in that. That way that they don't have to risk typing or searching anything and getting somewhere they're not supposed to be. Just to back it up a quick second here, when it comes to the uh, role modeling, your behavior on the internet, especially if you're like a household such as ours, where my spouse has a mostly internet-based business. I do a podcast. I stream video games. You'll notice I never swear when I'm streaming or doing this podcast. And we have a family vlog. A lot of these things are things I put in practice every single day because every single day, this is a part of my children's lives. I'm pretty sure I've said their actual names on the podcast here or there. It happens when you're doing a live recording. But if you go to our family's geovlogging channel, or even go back to this episode where I've mentioned my oldest boy, they have nicknames. They have different usernames on the internet for Xbox and such. But they have names we address them by for their safety. Nobody needs to know my kids' names. I talk to my kids about how to behave when they're being recorded on the phone or on the camera for our vlog. And we talk about why we want to behave like that, even when there isn't a camera on us. And we try to showcase that as much as possible so that our children have that foundation for when they start making their own decisions. Because as our kids get older... They need their independence. That is a part of their basic evolution as a human from a child to an adult. And this level of privacy also comes with that. 
And again, it's necessary so they can grow into adults that can function without their parents, which at the end of the day is kind of our role as parents is to teach our kids how to deal with life when we're not there. When your kids are in that tween teenager space and they are seeking their independence, and we've talked about this in the past, the open lines of communication really are the focus here. And you want to seek the information you're looking for to keep them safe from a more voluntary standpoint. This, in my opinion, is the most important time for that role modeling. While it's great with young children like mine to set a good example and start them off strong with a good base, teenagers, as they seek their independence, have more influences into their lives. Therefore, to have a consistent, positive role model to come home to is really important. If you aren't taking your internet safety seriously, why should your teenager? Do as I say, not as I do, is something else we've talked about. And it just doesn't work. Set and show the example of behaviors you want your children to have. This was something that came up when we were doing our self-reflecting as a household here in this past week. You know, everyone is starting to get on each other's nerves with never interacting with anybody but ourselves every day. Well, how are we going to deal with this? What are we going to do to encourage positive interactions? How are we going to be positive parents, even though we're stressed out and even though we're not getting that uh, school day break with our kids, which we weren't used to not having. Now, this was part of it. We want to show our children the examples we want them to lead by. I would like to remind, I would like to remind you folks, if there's any part of this that you would like me to dig into deeper, do not hesitate to get in touch. At the end of the day, while well, these tips, these are the tips that you will need for the digital age of parenting that we are in, be sure to take a moment and apply some of these same things that we've talked about today to your own online behavior before you start preaching about your children and their internet safety. And again, I'm going to suggest that you guys make this the main topic of your next family meeting. Between now and then, make sure you got your ducks in the row for your online safety. Check your apps, check your security notifications, check your available options for parental controls on different devices learn about them, learn how to use them, and then sit down with your kids, start with asking them what the internet is, how they think it works, fill in the blanks, work as a team. Then you want to take 
this conversation and just roll with their questions and see where it goes and talk to them if you're going to be making changes or would like to make changes about how things are being done in your household with regards to internet safety. Make sure you're talking with your kids and explaining why you want to make those changes. And that is any kid that is touching a piece of technology that can access the internet, you need to talk to them about the changes. Even if they don't understand it per se, just so that they aren't feeling offended by it. And I know that's, you know, that's kind of like the theme of the last few years, but it will simplify your parenting process if they are aware of your reasons behind it. Or maybe they might have some suggestions you didn't think of. Before we get into the question of the week, guys, it is our weekly reminder. We are still doing our Extra Life fundraising for the Edmonton Steel Edmonton Stollery Children's Hospital. This is our second year in the row, and we would love for you to donate whatever you can towards reaching that goal to raise funds for that children's hospital. Links to that, of as always, are in the description of today's episode. Question of the week. Do you think it is okay for children to go online unsupervised or without any parental controls? You know, just because I or any kind of expert say you should do it doesn't mean that you have the same opinion. We, like I said, do use parental controls. And I think that they are great, especially where we have young children and with my oldest having ADHD where that can impede on one's ability to uh, adapt or understand a social situation, even more so when you don't have that visual interaction with a person. These are really handy ways to make sure or at least limit the likelihood that my children are going to get into a uncomfortable situation. But, as always, you do you, and I'll do me. And with every episode, guys, I'm always looking forward to hear your feedback. So please rate the show on your podcast app, leave a review there, come on over to YouTube, down where the trolls live in the comment section below. And of course, follow the show on Twitter, at Dad's Class, on Facebook.com slash Dad's Class. You can also find links to our website and the merchandise shop in the description of today's episode. If you want to get in touch with me personally, you can email me at gmail.com, crownso at gmail.com, C-R-O-W-N-E-S-S, the number zero, at gmail.com. You can also use that same name to find me on Twitter, TikTok, Twitch, Xbox, Discord, pretty much everywhere. If you have found this class informative, share it with your friends and see what they think of it. And educate yourself with another dad's class. Thanks for listening, guys. Wow.
Welcome to the family. And that is a wrap on this week's episode. A few minutes to spare. And that last little bumper, by the way, is to welcome anyone who has recently followed the Dad's Class podcast here on Mixer, or if you have subscribed to the YouTube channel, liked us on Facebook, or followed our Twitter account. Again, guys, from my family to yours, welcome welcome to the family. And have yourselves a good night. Stay safe. Stay kind. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.